Hello, Hello. and welcome to If It's Gay We Play. It's gay, we're gonna play. We're gonna play a lot today. We are just dancing to our own theme music. It's good theme music. Hey, listen, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw, I was like, is that, was that an inflammatory statement that I just made? Yeah, that was a really hot take. Um, uh, I'm Kai. Theme music. Oh, I'm Hannah. And, I was going to talk about the theme oh, music. Oh, were you? Well, well, well I think we should introduce ourselves first. That's fair. Okay. Who are you? I'm Kai. I use they, them pronouns. I'm Hannah. I use she, her pronouns. Let's talk about our theme music oh, for a minute. I was just going to say, I don't know that we've talked about that our wonderful producer, Aaron. He uh, made it. He composed the theme music for us. It's He's very original. talented. Sog is very talented. It's very early. Um, <laughs> it certainly is both of those things. And you designed our graphic for the I did. social media. We're a very multi-talented group of people. Well, you um, all are mostly. I no, just, Hannah, you are the beauty and the brains and the bronze and the, and talents. the talent. I'm yeah. the wild card. You're and the wild Aaron card. is the producer. And he's the <laughs> producer. She what? never has a tissue on her. She literally never has a tissue on her. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought there was a bit that I was missing. That wasn't the, it. It oh, was a cool. bit. <laughs> Sweet. I was here for the bit. Yeah, you were there for the bit. Um, I guess. <laughs> oh, no. Here's had an accident. Spit take his coffee. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. We have too many sensitive electronics around here to be doing this. It's very early. Okay, so I guess what what should our first what should our first part be? Do we want to? Um, well, the cat has written a note here. Oh yes, that says several apostrophes to introduction. So How that's, did she spell introduction? I that was incredible. It's like the monkeys in the typewriter thing. They invented monkey so. theorem, which is also a pretty okay local winery. Solid, solid um, advertisement for something that I, you don't really care about. I guess, yeah, they're fine. They're nice. I don't know. Their yeah. wine's okay. So uh, the cat has left us a note. We have we have talked about the note. Uh, our yeah. producer, she's yeah, our executive producer, yes. uh, Tori the cat. Do we have talked about her name's Tori? Well, I yelled at her yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone mm, knows that her name was Tori. Eat that plant. Yeah, it was very. Dramatic. I feel like I'm doing more vocal fry. than I normally do. Well, we haven't uh, spoken as much before the show started, so let's just. Talk. Just kind of riff. Let's just kind of riff. Let's just kind of yeah. do some riffs. Maybe some warm ups. Maybe yeah. we'll do some viewpoints. Well, actually, warm ups were the uh, goof last time. So mm, I don't know if right. we can we repeat can't that. Do that again. Yeah. yeah, or we have to yeah. repeat it twice more. Mm, shoot, I don't want to hold myself that accountable <laughs> for that sort of thing. I do want to talk about um, I do have a call out corner uh, because when I was going through uh, some research the other day, um, I realized that the percentage that I used about the percentage of trans gamers was, in fact, not only outdated, but also about trans industry members, mm. not gamers themselves. So I actually have no idea what the percentage of trans gamers is. Yeah, I very much doubt that there's reliable data on that, because you... We, you well, took- also, there's very little reliable data on who is trans yes. at all in yeah. the U.S. Yes. We don't really know. Well, yeah. The trans folks tend to be actively excluded from survey data, um, and especially non-binary and gender non-conforming folks uh, tend to be, like, gendered either way. Or, like... Yes. Not that there are is an either way, but, like, by the binary that society imposes on us. No, totally. And not only that, but, like, what makes a person trans is very right. up for debate all the time. Because, like, does it mean that you have to get medical stuff? No, it doesn't. It does not mean that. Yeah. But that's... Uh, survey sort of question. Right. Yeah. So Well, yeah, and often surveys like don't even have the option to represent yourself. Yeah, it's true. Like I, there will be a 
male and a female box. And I'm like, hey. What? <laughs> she was, she she's chewing on my electric cable. Oh, that's not she good. She not be doing that. Sorry, the cat isn't a nuisance. <laughs> um, she's... Tori... Yeah, oftentimes there's a box where you have to choose a binary gender. And a lot of times I just don't do those surveys, but sometimes I have to do those surveys. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I wish you wouldn't. Um, (laughs) 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 You as in the cis and people who create gender. Um, Also you as in the cat. Yeah, Um, both of those things. Uh, So what are you playing right now, Electrical court. Um, I am playing uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. In fact, I am so sleepy because I was up too late playing oh. Breath of the Wild. Because uh, it's early. It's not that early anymore, but no. I had to wake up early to be ready at this time. I'm sure that's really good auditory content. <laughs> I bet it is. How late did you go to bed? I remember going in at 11 and like you were like still out. Oh, Lord in heaven. I mean, that's not that late. No, it's not that late. By the standards of things, but it's late because I had to wake up at 8 a.m. Well, yeah, no, exactly. And my, I'm a grumpy old lady and I need nine hours of sleep or I feel tired. That's, and oftentimes I feel tired anyway. That's true. How do you feel about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? It's a, Here's the thing. It's Let's a very good video game. I see. Um... I have, like, two complaints, and I'm we're, like, so late to the game, so I'm sure this is all things we're very late to the game. people have talked about, but um, I haven't heard them talk about it in any of the reviews I read, so uh, I feel like weapons break down too quickly, like, you'll find, and, like, I get it, I get what they're trying to do, but, like, in most games where weapons break down, you have the option to repair them, or, mm. like, they last a little bit longer, but you yeah. can't repair your stuff in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, they just explode. And, uh, they just, it feels like it happens really fast. Yeah, it looks like it does. Um, yeah. Um, my biggest complaint, though, am I, like, one, like, because that's, like, fine, that's just something to adjust to. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you can, like, upgrade your weapons inventory, so eventually you can have just, like, 30 weapons on deck. Oh, that's It doesn't really matter. I was talking to Brevin, uh, my coworker, mm-hmm. slash friend, about this last night. Um, or yesterday during the day, whatever. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, no one cares. Um, I don't even care. Um, I mean, I, whatever. Listen. <laughs> listen. Um, they, this is the first Zelda game where any character speaks out loud. Mm. Um, and the voice acting is fucking atrocious. It is like, a f- it's embarrassing to listen to. Um, there's a whole, like, cutscene where the King of Hyrule is, like, explaining the plot of the game, which mm-hmm. is sort of the plot of every game. Like, there's Zelda, you have to save her. There's Ganon, you have to defeat him. That's how, sure. that's the, that's what how every goes. Zelda game boils down to. Even when you don't think Ganon is the bad, final bad guy, he is. Because um, it's sort of like a, I'm not going to explain Zelda. That's so, fine, that's but fine. But there's sort of like an ancient, it's like a cycle. It's like a thing that keeps happening throughout the history of this world. Okay. Like each of the three of them always has a piece of the Triforce, and it's like sort of this, trid- it's actually very interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, he's like explaining to you, you know, the conceit for this game specifically. And um, it's just this so, A, the voice acting is just very poorly done, especially for, like, a very big-budget game made by Nintendo. Um, And it's, like, this weird, vaguely British accent because, for some reason, somewhere along the line, somebody decided that all high fantasy had to have vaguely British accents. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, 
Because it sounds fancier if everybody talks like this. I wonder who that was, and I wonder why they didn't hire you to do that exact voice. Right? For the I don't know why Nintendo didn't hire me because that was better than it's. I was literally, I was cr- like physically cringing. It Just was crawled up it on the was, couch. Yeah, I was like, oh no, please stop talking. There's no skip. Well, there is a skip cutscene option, but I need to see what's going on. So yeah, I can't. there's no real option. Here. Um, yeah, it's really bad. Um, I thought personally it was very cringeworthy. And then like the cutscenes with Zelda, like that voice I just did, like Zelda literally talks like this. She's like, Link, Link, you have to stop Ganon. You have to save us. And I'm like, why the fuck does she talk? That's not how Zelda sounds. How does Zelda sound, Hannah? She doesn't sound like anything. That's the thing is it's the first game where they've had voice actors. That's true, that's true. It might be one of those things when like you see, there's a really good anime, yeah. but then they make an English dub and it's the English dub is like embarrassingly bad. Yeah, no, that's um that it happens. might be one of those things where it sounds less stupid in Japanese because it is a Japanese game. Um but it sounds really fucking dumb in English with the voice acting that's that very got. unfortunate. Yeah. And it's uh, it to me, I don't know this for sure. It, I'm, this might not be true. It sounds so clearly like an American or at least a non British person doing this like vaguely high fantasy British <laughs> accent. Like it sounds very like I'm at the Renaissance Fair, and I'm trying to sell you funnel cake. I mean, that's kind of funny, though, you have to admit, right? It is funny. Is it funny. fun and funny to play? Yeah, because it's also most of the characters that talk only... It's so weird, too, because they'll talk for, like, their 30-second intro. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And then it'll go back to how Zelda games normally are, which is, like, a text box, and then the character makes, like, a vague noise, like, behind the text box, and then you just click through text boxes, too. Then why on earth would they time? waste time with I that? Don't no, but it's bad and not good. Okay. Um, well, let's anyway, that's like the what same I'm thing. playing right now. I am watching you play that game. It's bad and not good. It's both bad it's and not, not good. Yes. It's not that, no, the game is very good. Oh, it's yes. Aaron reacting. Yes. Think. Bad and not good. <laughs> um, I am. Well, I also like the why in the world. <laughs> I love that Kai says why in the world. Yeah. I didn't even realize that I had said that. How could they? How could they? They is in the game makers. Not, not me. Is in Kai. <laughs> I try. Um, um, yeah, so I'm watching you play that. And we haven't gotten to this point in the game yet. I'm saying we because I am now inserting myself into your gameplay experience, sure. as I am wont to do. Um, and there is that... Uh, trans woman who's in the game who they treat very poorly. Oh, yeah. There's apparently, I think it's in the Gerudo village, like outside the Gerudo village. Mm -hmm. This is a review that I read, like, when the game first came out. Yeah, yeah, because she's, like, Um, standing out there. Yeah, and you can talk to her, and you have the option to be transphobic to her, which sucks. That sucks in general that, like... I thought you had to be transphobic to her at least once. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. That might be true. Um, But it sucks that, like, in any game, like, in Dragon Age Inquisition... Uh, there's dialogue options to, like, be shitty to Krem and be like, but you're not a real man. Um, Krem is the trans Trim, dude. Yeah. Um, that just sucks that, like, when there is trans representation in a game, like... You have to have you the option the play- to be like, shitty Like, you as the player people. shouldn't... Yeah, or you don't even... Have, like, with Krem, you don't have to be, but you have that option. Yeah. Um, and I've never chosen it because it feels bad to be shitty in games. Um, well, not only that, but why on earth would you be shitty to this random trans dude yeah, who's like, just why like this game... sweet boy? Yeah, and he's not bugging. He's just there. He's like He's there. just a dude you don't know until yeah. you talk to him. Why does the game... I mean, people do this to strangers all the time. Well, actually, well yeah. No, um, you're right. So, you know, the cis TM. TM, TM, TM. Um, yeah, anyway, but I haven't gotten there yet. Um, so that's... It's like... The game is so good and so fun. 
And, like, for me personally, that knowledge is not ruining the gameplay. Um, even though I know there's that really shitty moment in it. And that's just me and my experience. Um, it's kind of like, for me, how, like, I love this movie. It's problematic, but I love this movie. How, like, Kingsman, The Secret Service, is, like, a perfect movie. It's so good, aesthetically. Like, it is my shit. And it's also Ex- really sexist. Yeah, I know. I just I know. said it was problematic. I know. Um, until that, like, one moment at the end. And then it's like, eh, did that need to be in there? No. Yeah. It's the answer to your question that yeah. you weren't really asking. Because the rest of the movie isn't even necessarily that sexist until that moment. That's true. But uh, I do want to reiterate that I think that we've been drunk every time that we've seen a Kingsman film. Uh, that's not true. We were not drunk not when we saw the first one. Oh. We well, like what had we? like a couple drinks. Oh, okay. We were just watching a movie cool. that I heard was good, and okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I just remember being very drunk for the second Kingsman film, and I think that's kind of bled into my memories. Yeah, the we first saw one. the second Kingsman film in theaters, and we got way too drunk. Yeah, that did that did happen. Um, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Uh, but what is the gayest thing I've done this week? Uh, I have an answer if you need one while you think about it. Okay, go for it. Uh, I think the gayest thing that I have done this week was on Tuesday. There was that um, really famous oh, yeah. anti-trans scholar, uh, Ryan T. Anderson. I he came to speak at my. I know he came to speak at my school. Um, he was sponsored by the Federalist Society, which is this really garbage kind of libertarian like uh national group that is funded by the Koch brothers i actually looked up their funding they are genuinely funded by conservative super PACs and the Koch brothers and all that it's not surprising at all um so they pay money so these like that's what the uh, those people outside yes that is what they said yeah Uh, i just wanted to verify because i would rather know information that i know yes than just trust everyone i trust no one um so Oh, shoot. Uh, the Federal Society, they fund, like, speakers that come to uh, campuses that are, like, super conservative speakers or, like, super shitty speakers to, like, rile up people on yeah. campus just to make a fuss. Um, so Ryan T. Anderson, famous anti-trans academic, he, um, like, I guess content warning, I guess, for what I'm about to say about him, he talks a lot about how... Uh, Oh, anti-trans rhetoric. He talks a lot about how... I forgot what the content warning was. He talks a lot about how trans people are pedophiles who are trying to break into bathrooms to uh, sexually assault people. Pretty much the Um, standard... Pretty much the standard cis rhetoric uh, against us. And he... In in this event, like, they, they were being merciless to trans people that were in there, like, calling them out. It was really fucked up. But I decided to hand out flyers to my show... Uh, at this event as a form of protest because mm-hmm. I figured if there were all these people that were going to be getting all of these, like, all of this attention who were super shitty and, like, transphobic, I might as well bank on their attention-grabbing measures. Well, yeah, you might as well, like, be disruptive and or legitimately try to add another yes, voice to the conversation. which I was doing both of those things, yeah. but I well, there the, was already an audience there. The so cool I, thing about it was that most of the audience were people who were not there to legitimately... Yes, they were there to protest. Like, yeah, there to protest, or like there was a couple folks who like weren't really down with the sickness. Um, Which one is the sickness? The sickness is anti-trans rhetoric. Okay. <laughs> Aaron just physically recoiled when I said that. Correct. Um, but uh, 
were there to be like, well, I need to, because it was also at the law school, so there were some people who were like, well, I need to like hear the other opinion before I decide what to think. And I'm like, that's very lawyerly of you, but like you should think it's bad. That <laughs> was well, um, very lawyerly of them. So that was nice, that, but like... I was in, the, we were in the room for like the very tail end of it, but like, oh, yeah, this was good. Uh, people would like, people with dissenting opinions, which was most of the room, would like try to ask questions and would raise their hands for like 20 minutes at a time. And he would just patently refuse to call on them and like would like seek out people in the audience that like looked like they agreed with yeah. him. To, Cause like, of fucking course that happened. Uh, and, uh, yeah, with like, like the very last question, like the like moderator who looked like an, ins- like, an insane no. person. The well, moderator looked like that's 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 not the nicest thing to say to people. Okay, like, I know, but they looked like a um, he looked like a right wing nut job. Yeah, like I well, nut an, job is as uh, problematic as insane. Like we are Ill, mentally ill people. We that's true. Just okay. have to trust our audience to understand what we mean. Fair. Um, he looked like a he looked like he crawled out of a sewer. Like <laughs> he, did. he, he looked, had an ill fitting suit. He had an ill very ill fitting suit Ill-fitting and this suit. like greasy, super scraggly like a hair that wasn't really a color. Uh, down to like his shoulders, like he was, he he looked like a cartoon, um, and uh, he like accidentally called on somebody, somebody with a dissenting opinion. Yeah, who looked, who was like looking the right way. Or yeah, whatever. and they started to ask a question that was like you know pointing out the garbage that is his argument, and uh, they immediately shut the event down. Yeah. Like they were like. That's all the time we have. We have to go. And the guy was like walking out, and the whole audience was like, yeah, like yelling at him, like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like, you called on that person. Yeah, you like, you didn't answer. We're gonna question. allow. They said her. They we're gonna allow her to ask her question. Like, what are you doing? And he, the guy who's just this like the Ryan T. Anderson is yeah. just this like shitty. He looks like a penis. He's just this <laughs> shitty looking little like dude. Like he looks. He's just disgusting looking. Um, was like, I didn't get to moderate the questions, and I have to leave. And, like, starts scuttling out the door. But Hannah and I were in the door frame because we had just stepped in. We were out in the hallway. We were, we were out in like the hallway right at this point. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, we had exited the door frame as soon as we knew that the event ended because I wanted to shove a flyer into this guy's hands. Um, remember? <laughs> You're looking at me like you don't remember. No, I just kind of zoned out. Okay. I do. I was there. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, and he's like pushing past us and he won't take a flyer. And he's like, thank you both for coming. And you yelled at him. I did yell at him. It's not important what oh, I yelled at him. Okay. It wasn't like that cool, but I like tried I to give him a flyer cool. and I was like, try to, it was like, um, want to listen to an opinion other than your own for once in your life? Yeah. And, and he, he was like, oh, the, he like mumbled as he was talking. He was like, oh, is that your only basis for argument? And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like, what a sad little man. He um, didn't seem very happy. I'll tell you right now. Well, obviously. He's a sad, lonely, shitty little man. Um, and then one of the activists who was outside, apparently he, like, ran into her and then accused her of accosting him. Yeah. Like, it was, a, it was like, a parody of like the what right. we think of the alt-right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's all true. They're just the fucking worst. No, it's definitely true. Um, anyway, that was a very long story about But that the was the gayest thing. thing. We've both done this week. Yeah. Um, Do you want to go into our main segment? Yeah, how we talk about video games. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is a video game, but it's also gay. Gay podcast is the thing. Yeah, about it's it. also about like queer lived experience. It's all yeah. relevant. It all it all makes sense. It we, all makes sense when yeah. you think about if it. If we say it makes sense, then it'll make sense. That's very. If true. If we say it's good podcasting, then it's good podcasting. That's how <laughs> is it that works. How oh, it then works? when the guy was like scuttling away down the hallway, um, and I say scuttle because that is how he walked. No, that was how he walked. 
Um, God, I wish I had yelled something more clever, but I yelled. I was like, "Have fun in your echo chamber." I mean, that wasn't bad though. Is no, the thing. That but was I thought of good. like, as usual, I thought of like thirty more clever things to say as Why soon as he walked away. Up. Fuck. Um, um, when he was like, "Oh, is it your only basis for argument?" I should have said, "No, I actually have a lot more arguments against you, which you would know if you ever listened to an opinion other than your own." That would have taken too long. Is the thing? No, I could have gotten it out. That's it's, true. You could. Can we talk about how long he took to walk from that hallway to that door? But he seemed like he was trying to walk very quickly. I know, was it was very comical. It. it was like a dream where you're trying to run, but you can't. Because he was he scuttling was very quickly. In a nightmare. But it took him like three entire... This was not... This is not a long distance. It took him like three entire minutes to get... It took so long. Like, I had so much time to say something to him. I mean, here's the thing. It also takes me quite long to get down a hallway that looks like it would take much shorter to get well, down. Well, yeah, but you're disabled. But I'm... Yeah, I'm disabled. I don't know if this guy's disabled. And he disabled. might be, but I don't care. I hate him. <laughs> you can hate somebody, even if no, you're I'm, disabled. I'm, I know I'm laughing because it's... You I don't, don't have care. to be nice I hate to him. somebody I because know. they're disabled. Are you telling me that people are not obligated to be nice to me out of pity? No, fuck oh. you. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I want to talk about video this games. This is where we, the, it turns into a hate podcast where we just I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like it either. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. Okay, let's talk no about it. <laughs> I made the smallest noise about that. It was so sad. I hope that the mic picked it up. Oh God, I'm choking for my sins. <laughs> this is bad audio. Yeah, we might need to cut that out. I mean, it's fine. It's real. It's raw. I have allergies. Um, you are have allergies, Hannah. Let's allergies. let's talk oh, about oh, fucking oh, video oh, games, oh, like I have been asking. Tori, yeah, it's so cute. God she, damn it. She poked her head up specifically to yawn for us. It was so cute. Well, she yawned thank you. so big. A good yawn take. Video I love games. I is weekly. Please talk about video games. I just have so much to say about them. Hey, Tori. Yeah, this one's going to run a little long. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Um, let's talk about video games. So, um, what are we talking about this week? We're talking. We're, I know what we're talking about. That was a rhetorical. Oh, question. okay, cool. We're talking. Um, oh, do you want to say it? Yeah, we were talking about um, what to talk about, and it's sort of a little. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about what to talk about. It's sort of a little less focused or specific than some of our other topics, but it's um, so. <sighs> Basically how, like, representation in high fantasy sucks uh, for queer people. Sure. And, like, how bananas that is because you it's a world where you can have literal dragons and magic, uh, but there are no queer or trans people. Like, even yeah. in drag... Like, I said that to you and you were like, well, in Dragon Age. And I was like, yeah, but, like, six queer people in this whole wide world, at least that you meet, is not... That's not very many, no. Um, and it's similar in science fiction, like it's similar in, uh, you know, you're in space and there are aliens, but there are no queer people. I would like to make it clear that we're primarily talking about um, pop culture, science fiction, and high fantasy, because yeah. there are tons of um, high fantasy books that I discovered yeah, doing my ta- research yeah. and like tons of science fiction books that I already know about right. um, that involve queer lives and like other marginalized groups like lives that are written by like 
marginalized groups authors like it's it's really dope the amount of stuff that's available out there and we can definitely talk about that but i think we're mostly talking about yeah we're talking about like mainstream game of thrones is really bad at Uh, game of thrones is trash bad across the board yeah um did i read all five books yes did i hate it the whole time absolutely um (laughs) will i read the six books when it came out? actually i don't know i think i've lost interest i don't think i'll read the sixth book when it comes out wow i don't think i care at all i don't think i ever cared but i think i was in a really bad place and game of thrones was fluff was um trash to read before bed uh and it did its job which just put me to sleep uh, I don't. These are hot, controversial takes. No, definitely, most um, definitely. But it's just a. Sh- it's a. I don't know about the show. I assume, but the books um, are written by a straight white man and uh, use rape as a plot device graphically and often, um, which is something that is absolutely untenable to me. Um, and anytime anybody eats anything in the books, uh, it is described in excruciating detail for mm, at minimum half a page. It's really bad writing. And I like food as much as the next guy. But but come on, dude. Uh, the first thing they teach you in any like basic level writing class is show don't tell. Yeah, well, and I every don't think like George R. R. Martin went to writing class. No, uh, he's a straight white man. He can just write a book and go. I have a book now. People should pay attention to it, and everybody will go, "Hooray! You're correct." That's true. I wonder how clapping gets picked up on microphones. Side probably note. not, but well, that's true. That's true. Um, um, so I guess we've we've probably touched on previously why queer people aren't super represented in games, or at least historically, and yeah. why it's kind of... Or the justifications happening. for it. Yeah, the justifications for it um, that have a lot to do with economics, uh, as well as, I guess, a lot of representation happens when queer people are working in mediums for representation, like a lot of the reasons why uh, queer journalism and queer music and queer uh, new queer cinema happened was because queer people were doing those things and Mm -hmm. that created a lot of the representation that we have today um and it seems less common that at least according to the statistics from 2003 it seems less common that queer people are working in the games industry i think that yeah i think those statistics well i think it holds up but also like i think it is less common but it's not but i also i don't think statistics that are 15 years old can really be i just think there's a trend Oh, yeah, certainly. There's a trend, but there's a trend in, like, any mainstream media production industry. Yes. Uh, Like, you know, anything. Like, Hollywood, um, a little more so. Television is actually a little bit ahead of the curve, depending on the TV show. Um, Depending on the, uh, like, who's making it, too. Well, yeah, absolutely, obviously. Um, Like, not a lot of queer representation on Fox, obviously. (laughs) Whoa. Um, Weird. Weird, right? Um... But even, like, mainstream, like, journalism, there's not a lot of, like, out queer folks on TV. Um, there's, like, Anderson Cooper and Rachel Maddow, off the top of my head. Yeah. We're both on NBC. I, I love Anderson Cooper so much. Yeah. I love Rachel Maddow. I also love Rachel. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, I want to <laughs> Hot ta- takes about the journalism industry. I want to talk about, uh, I guess, the main argument that's used against queer content in video games a yeah. little bit. Um because that really leads us really easily into our topic, mm-hmm. um, which is that real-world issues have no place in fantasy. Right. So what does that mean, I guess, when, when people say real-world issues have no place in fantasy? I think it's the same thing that people say when it's like, um, people say like, oh, I'm not political, or like, 
oh, don't make it political, which mm-hmm. is always coming from a place of privilege because you have oh, to totally. have you have to have such enormous privilege not to be quote unquote political in this, especially in this country. Yeah, like I said, uh, no, now um, that like. To say I'm not political is to say that... Uh, I am a, white. Well, yes, is to say that, like, the issues, like, civil rights and economic issues that people would vote on, including myself, don't affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, because largely I am a straight, white, cis man, uh, middle to upper class man, um, or woman. I hear that a lot from mm-hmm. all those descriptors applied to women. Um, and... It is to say that uh, I don't care enough about the people affected by those issues to be engaged in them, even if they don't affect m- me personal, me and my family personally. Well, the thing is to go to go back to it is um, it is already political because your identities, like speaking to those people, not you, Hannah, are already being represented in the game. So obviously. It is already political. Like straight people are all over video games, right? And that is a political statement. Like, right? Both leaving the, queer people out right. of the conversation is already. A That's political what I'm saying, statement. though. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm agreeing. It's a, it's a similar argument to like, uh, you know, don't shove it in my face. Don't make it political. Um, that people use to like belittle opinions that aren't their own. Um, it's the same thing as that guy's insane looking moderator. Um calling on that person with a dissenting opinion and then Mm -hmm. immediately shutting down the talk. Like, um, it's just an absolute, it's just plugging your ears and going, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Like it's, uh, it's that it's, it's because other people's identities make other people uncomfortable for hegemonic reasons that they've been conditioned into. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to put like a single gay person in a video game is, to them shoving it in their face. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And it's also a lot of the times used as like, oh, we shouldn't expose kids to any sort of sexuality at all. When I, this this connection just irks me so much, and I understand the reasons behind it, and like, I understand how it can both serve and hurt us, but um, the connection between queer sexuality and like fucking yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. And not straight sexuality and like fucking is so obnoxious to me. Like it. Well, yeah. Like I, queer I, sexuality I, is automatically yeah. sexualized. And I love and I hate that because queer sexuality is deviant, and I think that sex does need to become more normalized in like heteronormative society, like talking right. about it and like dealing with it in like more public ways. But it'll but, be something super like like a queer kiss is. It, that's not sexual. Hyper sexualized, even if it's like yeah. super chaste. Well, yeah, exactly. Like. Uh, fucking Kora and Asami holding hands. Yeah, like that's is like this radical that's thing. It, yeah, that's all but it's deviant. it's um, it's just them I just holding got emotional hands. I know it's I love it. them so. I love them so much. much. I think about them every day because um, they're my phone and computer background. Also, yeah. Um, um, yes, we got a little off track, but so anyway, all that is to say that like people who. Um, say that, like, real-world issues have no place in fantasy, sort of fundamentally misunderstand fantasy and its purpose, I think. Yeah, what do you feel that the purpose of fantasy is? I think the purpose of fantasy is this sort of, like, Brechtian mirror um, to hold up to the world. Like, the purpose of fantasy is to... It's it's a similar purpose to sci-fi, but with just sort of different things. Like, they're very related, I think, that, mm-hmm. like, 
it's to um, hold up sort of a funhouse mirror to the world. It's yeah. like it's to make the world seem bigger, and it's to create this like bigger and grander um, and more sort of interesting and colorful version of the world. Like, oftentimes, high fantasy is very, like, allegorical for, like, historical pasts. Yeah, like uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, which J.R.R. Tolkien claimed wasn't an allegory for World War II, and we were like, okay, whatever, Tolkien. Because um, it totally was. Um, that it's to, yeah, so in order to be able to examine those own things. There's an element of escapism, certainly. Like, when I was a young person, uh, I read pretty exclusively high fantasy because it presented fantastical worlds that uh, didn't exist. Like, I read a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, Tamara Pierce, mm -hmm. um, who a lot of, if not most of her books, focus on, uh, like, young woman heroes, young adult fantasy novels. And um, her sort of flagship series, Song of the Lioness, I think that was the name of the series. Yes. Um, was about this lady who, uh, her and her brother, like, swap, it's sort of Twelfth Night, her and her brother swap places so that she can go to night school and her brother goes to mage school when, I guess, oh, like, traditionally you. those roles would have been reversed. I think I read that book. We've talked about this and you said you hadn't, but anyway, um, she goes to, like, night school and, like, hides her identity and there's a lot of, like, gender fuckery because, like, and, like, I think if it was written now, I don't know about Tomorrow Pierce's politics, I have no idea, but I think if it was written now, it would have a little bit more of this, but, like, because she's, like, disguised as a man and mm -hmm. blah, 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 and becomes this, like, squire to this knight, sort of like a Mulan situation where, like, they fall in love, um, even when, like, her gender is all fucky. Mm -hmm. um, and then she gets, like, found out, but then she's, like, so good at being a knight that they let her keep being a knight, and she right. becomes the first lady knight in Tortal, which is the, like, land. And uh, then she, like, opens up this new world, and then, like, from then on, there can be lady knights. It's pretty tight. So, like, I read that, because I don't, I don't even know if I consciously thought that, but I didn't, uh, when I was a kid, I didn't see a lot of narratives where the girl got to be the hero, um, and especially the girl we talked, of course, of like how I sort of identify with like the outsider mm -hmm. um, and where this girl in this who's this outsider in this world, like it's to change that system was so cool to me. Um, and so, yeah, so it's 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 the ability to present the world as better that as better than it is in order to reflect and create a better Discussion. world. Well, yeah, I have I have two things that I'm thinking about. Number one, I just want to speak to the fact that I really hate that narrative of, like, getting found out, like, as masquer masquerading. Right. There were quotes around that. As the other gender. Right. There were quotes around that also, even though I didn't make them. Um, in, in, like, in... Can I just snuffle on the mic? Is that why you're In narratives? Um, because of all my quote talk, I bet. Uh, in narratives... Because, like, as a trans person, that makes me feel super fucking uncomfortable. I yeah. really wish that the narrative was more like she chose to reveal her true self because then right. that would align more with, like, oh, like, the the trans story, and I'm looking for myself everywhere, obviously, right. of, like, coming out as opposed to the, the trans narrative of, like, somebody finding out that you're, quote, unquote, not really the gender that you are. Right. And it's, I don't know that it was, like, meant to be a trans narrative. No, it narrative. definitely like obviously wasn't. Um, also, these books came out in, like, I think the late 90s, or no, early 2000s. No, I don't need you to defend it. I'm just saying that that's, like, one of my least favorite narratives no, in absolutely. fiction in yeah. general. And it's the rest of the series, like, the books that came out more recently, like, she's still writing books. Oh, cool. Like, 
has less of that. Like, she sort of, like, evolves um, as it goes on. And I'm pretty sure, I can't remember because I read more of her books, but I'm pretty sure there's more canonical queerness in the books later on. I'm pretty we sure. Yeah, Later. if anybody has any knowledge about Tamora Pierce and her uh, series of young adult fantasy novels, let uh, us know. Right to us. Let us know. Yeah, write to us. Um, the um, second thing that I wanted us. to add to that was, um, I feel I, I, you know, throughout the course of my research, I realized that the I, I know very little about literature. I, <laughs> I, I don't know, think that's true. I know. But carry on. I know. I know some things about literature. Yeah, you that know, is not what yeah. my background is fully in, but queer theory is derived from a lot of like. Um, literature stuff so you know, whatever but uh <laughs> i'm sure it is i was reading a lot about how the purpose of high fantasy is to explore the uncanny and to mm-hmm. make the real world better which i think speaks both to that escapism and that sort of funhouse mirror reflection mm-hmm. thing yeah it's like it's both and yeah <clears throat> it's like you know in um chronicles of narnia they go through the wardrobe from the mundane world into this fantastical world oh totally i mean um, which were also some of my favorite books i also love those I, I was I was talking about like how uh, fantasy and I guess science fiction, which is kind of a form of fantasy, allows us the fantastic, yes, yeah, uh, like high fantasy and like whatever. So allows us to explore think like societal trends and like things that we see in culture and like distill them out and make them noticeable. Because mm-hmm. when we're looking at ourselves, it's kind of hard to be like this is how the heteropatriarchy works and in all of our society. But then when you're like looking at it through a, a different lens, it's easier to see that sort of thing. Totally. So I think it serves as both escapism. Yeah. Like you were saying both and escapism and like an ability to analyze the things that are going on, Totally. Yeah. which just makes it even weirder that queerness has not been included Represented in, in that like mainstream traditionally. Fantasy. Well, it's, it's, it's weird and it's not because as we were talking about in mainstream media in general, like, there's all sorts of garbage arguments about, like, why queer people can't be in the thing. It's circling yeah. back to that, like, don't make it political. Um, Even when a lot of the purpose of fantasy historically has been... Political. Political. Or at the very least, like, representational. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of what we were talking about last time about... Um, or not last time, all the time, about uh, that when Dragon Age... T- specifically Dragon Age 2, which mm-hmm. is weird to me that... Um, the fuck boys were complaining about Dragon Age 2 because like there was also queerness in Origins. Maybe yeah, they just cared more they about just didn't two. Notice I don't that, know. I don't know. Um, but when uh, that fuck boy was complaining about Dragon Age 2 and like shoving the romance in our face and like yeah. I don't feel represented because there's gay romance. Like God forbid. Like there's a million. Well, there's not that many romance options, but whatever. There's more straight romance options in yes. the Dragon Age series. Um, so cr- like God forbid there be uh, you know. A queer romance option, but when that uh, guy was complaining, and then the Bioware, the Bioware, <laughs> yep, basically responded and were like, "Our stories are for everybody. Um, like you, nobody's forcing you to choose that option. You do not have to choose the queer romance option. Um, but our stories are for everybody, and we want everybody to be able to see themselves represented mm-hmm. in our stories. So we want to provide options for queer people, basically, and also get over yourself. You don't speak for all straight white men." And shut up, basically, is the distillation of what their response yeah, was. Yeah, which is tight as Which hell. is still so cool that, like, um, again, obviously, Bioware has a long way to come, and they fuck up a lot, and they have a lot of problems, but uh, that was a neat thing that they did. Um, and that it's cool and rare to see a big shot developer and, like, a very mainstream game series uh, 
sort of uh, go to bat sure. like that. Um, and to, and it helps, like we were talking about, like with, you know, people telling our own stories, mm-hmm. that the lead writer on Dragon Age 2 is openly gay. Yes. So that, Which was verified by our producer. Yes. Um, so that, so yeah, so that's case in point, basically. No, totally. I mean, I also kind of want to diverge into how fantasy, like, itself is gay. Sure, yeah. Like, like the like medium of fantasy. M- like, medium of fantasy. Uh, the uncanny and the abject are two, like, somewhat related psychoanalytic areas, which are heavily tied to queerness because the queer is, like, the other, is, like, the abject, is, mm-hmm. like, the uncanny. It's stuff that is not fully understood mm-hmm. and is, like discriminated against a lot of the time. It's othered and we are taught in hegemonic society to fear that which is other. Like pretty much all Western civilization is predicated on fearing that which is other. And the sort of like Western Christian heteropatriarchy idea, like if you fear the other and you streamline and you homogenize that you are more able to control a population. Oh yeah. And that was sort of like a a, a politicized statement, but it's also like historically true. Like the council of Nicaea sat down and they decided what was going to be in the Bible Mm -hmm. for political reasons, basically. Um, Um, There are all these, like the Gnostic gospels or these lost gospels that were also written at the same time or, you know, all the gospels were written over the course of like a few hundred years. But anyway, um, but were intentionally the gossip gospel of Mary Magdalene is intentionally left out of the Bible. Sure because they don't want a woman's voice in the room because it is easier to subjugate women if they don't have a voice in the conversation. Totally. I mean, that's the purpose of representation is right. like, it's harder to subjugate if, us, honestly. If we have um, voices in the conversation. If we have voices in the conversation. Yeah. But anyway, um, queerness, like, both of us have had a lot of experiences and a lot of other queer folks I've talked to have a lot of experiences with escapism mm-hmm. and like experiencing heightened reality in order to escape from, like, the shittiness of everyday oh, totally. life. And I feel like the fantastical kind of supports the queer mode of life to an mm-hmm. extent a lot totally. of the time because um, so much of queer culture is, like, campy and over-the-top and oh, totally, larger than yeah. life and fantastical. Um, yes, that was what I was hoping for. Because, uh, like, you know, all of, all of our um, kind of pop culture is... Very extra, like, like our Street Boys laugh. It was. I'm listening. I know you yes. are. I'm oh. laughing. It was very <laughs> good. It I was funny. I had to acknowledge it. Thank you. Um, um, carry on. It, it's it's all like so big. It's so fantastical because that's how we have to deal mm-hmm. with. I think the the pain of our daily existence. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I always talk about how camp is a form of rage. Mm-hmm. It's, totally. It's a form. It's like a form of protest. It's a form of protest, basically, because yeah. it's like. Uh, literally satirizing and poking fun at hegemonic notions of what is normal and like being like, this is what you look like. And like <laughs> looking, that's you. Yeah. That's what you look exactly. like. Exactly. And it's just like a, a really extra form of like straight culture, like right. cis culture. Well, like, um, in a look made Venon's whole, uh, yeah. up oh, so bit, their whole deal was like, uh, the hyper, it was hyper camp. It was like the yeah. hyper exaggerate. Well, Exaggeration. Yeah, I mean, it's not that, exaggeration. that much of an exaggeration. But the like hyper, um, oh, what am I looking for? Like inflation, I guess? I don't know. Um, I mean, we don't need to inflate the straights that much right. to make them look silly. But like the like the par- the like parody of um you know what the I'm saying? The white woman. I mean they yeah, were the parodying white woman. this like 
this white like social activist yeah. like a woman and go to was, the yoga studio uh, we'll do a like medica- medita- medication um, meditation circle and that will fix the world it was so fucking and good and then we'll go to India and, and they we'll held this so bit up for 20 minutes yeah it was which very was good. incredible like they it was it was very and quick. then yeah the seamless transition from that into yeah. the like pain poems oh. is like the definition of camp can we just talk yeah I mean because camp, camp camp is, is rage pain. Camp, camp is, is rage and pain. camp is pain um, oh, sorry, Mike. Um, but it's like, I mean, one of the like um, uh, sort of like pedestals of camp mm-hmm. in culture, like a reference point for camp is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Totally. And how at the end of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, it's this like camp, very campy. It's a camp horror, which. Tight. Yeah, it's so queer. Um, and then at the very end, it's like it all dissolves and uh, Frankenfurter sings that very sad song where his makeup is all running down his face. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like sad. It's still Rocky Horror. I know, it's just really beautiful. I love it. It is very beautiful. <laughs> um, and then like b- basically everyone dies and like the ship launches into the sky and then like the narrator says that really like dark poem at the end of the yeah. movie and that's how the Rocky Horror Picture Show ends. Um, spoilers for a movie that's been out for like 40 years or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like that, it's like camp always sort of dissolves into, not always, but often sort of like dissolves into Well, it's ephemeral also. Right. Totally. Camp either, I mean, camp goes the way of theater, um, where camp, it always ends in like a death or a wedding or often both. Ooh, Hannah. Yeah. You're so good. Oh, geez, thanks. <laughs> okay, no, that's well, very like, exciting. Uh, but I'm a cheerleader is like a hyper yeah. camp movie. Oh, but it kind of ends in like a sort of pairing, like a wedding sort of. It, that's what I'm saying is yeah. that ends in a wedding. Like all yeah. comedies end in a wedding. And that's part of the reason why I argue, I wrote a whole paper about this that I really want to get published about how uh, But I'm a Cheerleader is futurist and hopeful mm-hmm, in its totally. ending, unlike so many other sapphic films. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, we are definitely diverting off the original purpose of fantasy, but... But we're talking... I mean, it's all related that, it's like, all fantasy, related, yeah. one could argue, is a form of camp. Fantasy, I think, is good, a form... Yes. Yeah. Very good camp. Yes. Um, um, and but, that's why straight people... That's why queer people write better fantasy. Facts. Yeah, because um, straight people don't know how to do camp good. No. Some of them do. Some of them. They try their little hearts out. Bless them. Bless their hearts. Bless this mess. Um, Something that you... So we have notes, and something that Hannah wrote in the notes is something that I really want to talk about, which is the agency of magic words. Mm. I didn't fully understand what you were saying, but I really want you to teach me about it. Yeah, so basically, um, there's... It's sort of an ancient... I mean, it's not sort of... It is an ancient concept that, like, words themselves carry magic. Sure, yeah. And that is still very true when we when we think about um, the power of words in our society. Like people like to like argue one thing or another. Like we are the vanguards of language, not the other way around. Like mm-hmm. we create what language means, not the other way around. So whenever people are like, "Oh, they them isn't proper grammar," I'm like, first of all, it is. You use gender neutral they them in conversation all the time. You don't think about it. Be like, "Oh, the male person brought this. Oh, what did they bring?" Like people say that all the time, mm-hmm. and they always have. Um, they always have. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, but people get all prickly about it when it's like introduced, but like words, no words existed until somebody invented them. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We didn't spring fully formed from the earth with the ability to like have human speech. Like we invented communication. Um, and so when people get all prickly about what words mean, it's like, well, it means something different now. Like, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Um, and that all sort of, 
like all writing is actively creating the reality that you're writing, like mm-hmm. uh, putting it on paper or even doesn't have to be like physically on paper. It can be out like loud, speaking, like oral yeah. tradition or whatever, like creates that story. Um, and that story doesn't exist before you create it. Right. So like that is sort of an act of magic and that's sort of fed into this like ritual notion that like, again, like, like abracadabra, as far as I understand, um, is actually a very ancient word. Um, and it was sort of this like triangle. It was like this sort of, it was like this like runic shape basically that you would like write the word in Mm -hmm. and to like write that word was like to create the magic that it did or like the notion that like inscribing runes, um, brings magic, Mm -hmm. um, to write is to bring magic, um, and is to create like the fundament of it, whether you believe in magic or not is to create a thing. Yeah. Um, and that all writing is creating things, right? So all living is an act of writing. Like you're, you're creating yourself and you're creating your identity all the time. Like mm-hmm. every word that you speak is an act of creation. You as in the sort of what, like you, the abstract. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's very literalized in high fantasy. Um, I'm not, don't quote me on this 100%, but I'm <laughs> pretty sure the definition of the difference between high fantasy and low fantasy is that low fantasy is Game of Thrones and it's boring, and high fantasy is like magic. Yeah, and I think, I think that's Game of Thrones technically becomes high fantasy when the dragons show up. Um, whatever, doesn't matter. Let's stop talking about Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah, so like high fantasy, that's very literalized. That like you speak a magic word and a thing immediately happens. Like you 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 know say aguamenti oh, yeah, like and water just like yeah the things yeah. Um, and so that's, yeah, it's this very, like, hyper-realized, literalized version of something that people don't think about, how your words create reality. Oh, my God, that's literally, like, performative utterances in queer yes, theory. it's exactly like, the same thing. That's literally, a, you mm-hmm. bring things into existence, like a bet or a gender, mm-hmm. by saying it out loud. Yep. That's and so that's like tight. And that's a poetic and literary conceit oh. as well. Um, there's a line in a poem oh. that I'm... Oh, it's by Brent here um, the, in, like, my favorite book of poetry, Companion Grasses. Um, mm. It's written by a queer poet, and it's a lot of elegy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of neither here nor there. But it, it talks a lot about how – it talks a lot about grief, and it talks a lot about um, the utterance of grief, and it talks a lot about how the notion of poetry is to basically – bash something apart until it breaks open and its meaning, its true meaning is revealed yeah. because a word doesn't actually describe the thing. The word is just the symbol for the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says to write sight is itself sight's revision, um, which is to say to write a thing, to describe a thing, to um, state a thing is itself a changing of the thing. Is yeah. it is <clears throat> in itself like... The chair exists whether I speak its name or not, but to speak its name is to define it as chair. Mm. And chair doesn't actually describe what that thing is. It's just the symbol that we have agreed on for... I mean, that's all feel like semiotics. What this thing is. Yes, exactly. Um, So that, like, fantasy does a similar thing where it it literalizes a lot of concepts. Mm -hmm. It's, like, the sort of, again, like, literal manifestation of this, like, sight's revision that, like you can speak a thing and then something can pop out of thin air, basically. Um, but magic always also has rules, which is always so cool. Like mm-hmm. magic 
to be interesting, I think, has to have rules for the way it works, like in most tabletop games. In all tabletop games, like there's rules for the way magic works, like either it's spell cards or you have to have spell components. That's um, true. Or like you can do a spell, but this other effect happens, like, and that's what makes it interesting um, is playing with these sort of like Ulipo conceits. Ulipo is the school of um, literature and poetics specifically. Um, of the idea of working within constraints mm-hmm. um, and that that often produces better or more interesting or just different writing that like you had, like, you know, you, you do a whole poem. There's this book called alphabet that I have uh, where they do poems. It's like, there's multiple conceits. It's wild. It's fascinating. Cool. In- Ingrid Christensen, Inger Christensen, I think is the poet anyway. Um, and uh, yeah. So, Again, that, like, performative utterances and that, like, spoken creation and the, like, literal power of words to create reality, which exists, is able to be literalized and reflected in fantasy. All of that is to say... Wizards are gay? Wizards are gay. Yes. Yes, because performative utterances are... Gay. Queer. Like, the no- like even if you are not queer, the, no- the, like, notion... I think queer people are made to be more aware of how much power words have. I mean, we have to be. I was right. thinking about, like, my experiences as a trans person throughout that, and the the ability to, like, create your own gender with your own words mm-hmm. is, totally. like, so buck wild to right. me. And it's, like, not... Like, I was... My therapist is wonderful, but sure. she's not queer. Um, and so I was talking to her about, like, um, you know, like, I'm pretty sure I'm asexual, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, uh, well, we don't have to put labels on it. And I was like, okay, Debbie. But, like, that's what I'm tri- I'm literally trying to Wait, do. Wait, is like, your name actually Debbie? Yes. Um, <laughs> there is, yeah, right? I wasn't just being um, glib. Her name is I actually you Debbie. Were. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, but that there is power in having a word for an identity. Like, you don't certainly don't have to. Like, your identity is not invalid if you don't have words for it. But, like... We were talking at brunch the other day, because we're gay, um, about how I don't think there are more queer and trans people now. It's that more people have access to the language and the knowledge of what their experience means, basically. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking to, like, a lot of my friends about the experiences of, like, finding words that feel quote-unquote right, and Uh the experience of finding a word that feels correct to you is so hard to put into other words, Uh because you, like see these words that you don't realize, that you hadn't realized were available to you. I remember the first time that I had met a person who used they, them pronouns was a friend of yours. And um, I had no idea that that was a thing that people could do. Mm -hmm. And I was like so excited because that felt like really good to me. And like the first time I I heard the word like genderqueer or non-binary or any of the other words that I identified with, like the word lesbian held such power over me Mm -hmm. for so many years, not only because of how it had been used against me, but how alluring it was, Mm -hmm. like how exciting the word and identifying with it felt Mm -hmm. like words... I think have such importance in the queer community, especially because our experiences have been silenced for so many years that like the ability to name those things and like yell them at people, like we're here and we are queer, mm-hmm. get used to it is so good. Well, yeah, and also the reclamation and like I think any marginalized person has an intimate knowledge of the power of words. Anybody who's ever been called a slur, mm-hmm. um, like I know the power of words if I'm walking down the street and somebody screams faggot at me and I feel that physical pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I also know the power of words when we make jokes with each other. Yeah, and or we scream back like, yeah, I am a fucking faggot. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, so 
fantasy, I think, serves can serve a similar function and it's at its best to like mirror that world and to again that literalized power of word creation. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I read fantasy as a young person, I could conceive of a world uh, that I could not conceive of before. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Um, I was this kind of, <laughs> kind of, this very sort of sad kid, and like it allowed me to conceive of having this power as a woman and as a person, and probably sort of subconsciously, like as, as a, a queer, queer person. Yeah. Um, and now as an adult, like playing games with queer representation, like playing Dragon Age and being able to, like any queer romance in media, like allows me to conceive of a happier world for myself. Yeah. Um, and like Legend of Court, like the Avatar series and universe is a fantasy universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Korra and Asami existing and then in the comics, them actually explicitly addressing how queerness functions in that universe. Was so fascinating to is me. Is fascinating and that so often doesn't happen. Like um, in Inquisition, they sort of, they actually do, I mean, do this in you, I was about to say, you actually can find, but you do have to go out of your way to look for it a little bit, except for Dorian's story. But in the Dragon Age universe, you can find... Um, I know you can find bits of our cat is meowing. You can find bits of lore that you can read and that tell you kind yeah, of the like history how sexuality of sexuality in the nations and, yeah. of Thetis, which is so um, cool because there are so few. Mm, most of the instances of queer representation in fantasy games that I grew up with, um, I was talking to you about this the other day, like that game Enchanted Arms, I think it was called, where there was this just one super stereotypically gay. Uh, male character I don't know what their gender was because of the way that they were it was it was very badly done is what I'm saying um it it was like oh fuck I lost my train of thought but the queerness was not (laughs) only yeah the queerness was not only just it it felt like the only purpose of it was to make fun of it like the only reason it was there was uh to be laughed at like the the stereotype of the gay person so there's no explanation of why that person is there and even if it were incidental it's like the bad kind of incidental right it's the stereotypical type of incidental yeah but yeah it's like the first two dragon age games like you as the player character able to queer and like leliana and zevrin uh Two famous bisexuals. Yeah, both, like, they don't say the word bisexual, but both, like, outspokenly. It's not just, like, you can romance them. They're outspokenly, like, yeah, I like men and I like women. Mm -hmm. So it's the only two gender options you have in Dragon Age. famously, you can have an incredible group sex scene in Dragon Age Origins that I'm shocked I have yet to talk about. But if you play it right, you can have sex with, um, oh, what's the uh, white man in Dragon Age Origins name? Oh, Fuck. He's uh, Alistair. Alistair, thank you. Um, oh wow, that's terrible. Uh, you can have sex with Alistair, Liliana, Zevran, and um, Isabella. Isabella and you. So it's it's five people, one sex. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. I felt like I beat the game when I got that. Yeah, honestly, you did it. I um, did it. I got Zevran, Liliana, and Isabella. I and didn't that's get all you really need. That's yeah. fine. You don't really need Alistair. Alistair's a sweet boy. I don't care about him now. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to. Yeah. Say I did. Yeah, good job. Um, But you don't, there's no, like, other, like, outside of the player characters, there are no other queer people in those games, in the first two games, uh, outside of the companions and you. Okay, yes. That's what I mean. Um, Because you can play as your companions of the player characters. Yeah, but there's no, like... Just in the world, there's no, like, queer people. I, I really wish that there were more instances of just kind of 
passively queer, more side characters or like any oh, marginalized like side yeah. characters just in the world of uh, especially fantasy video games because it doesn't yeah. make sense that they would just be in your party. Though it does make a little bit of sense that queers would all hang out and gather together. Well, that's yeah, like what we do that is how that we is not function. Represented again but, in um, media, but yeah, there's always like the gay friend. I'm like, yeah. Bitch, do you think we like hang out with only straight people? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um. Um. But that's something that I always, uh, this is one of my favorite games of all time, but that's something I always really liked about Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. It's a very good video game. Um, Would you call that fantasy? Um, It's sort of both. It's like sci-fi, because yeah. there's often so much overlap. Like, hot take, I would argue that um, Star Wars is not sci-fi, it's fantasy in space. Oh, my God. Because there's not really any scientific explanation for anything that happens. Um, the producer wants a high five because I love said Star Wars. That yeah, wasn't a criticism at all. So much, yeah. There's not really any scientific explanation for most of the things that happens. Like the force is the driving yeah, it's force just like for a lot magic? that happens, and the force is basically magic. It's true. Um, midichlorians. So um, your point? Let's not talk about is, midichlorians. No, I'd rather not. Um, let's never talk about midichlorians. Then we'll again. stop saying the word. <laughs> what prequels? Um, that's a nice new fresh joke about how the Star Wars prequels are not good. We're always relevant. Let's go. Um, anyway. But, like, in Borderlands 2, which is, there's a little bit of, there's a fantasy element, like sure. the sirens and the, um, the, oh, the I mean, warrior there's magic and there. all this stuff. There's magic-esque elements. Yeah. Um, that uh, there's a lot of incidental queer, because you only ever play as you or, like, your party. And uh, one, uh, if, like, other people are playing with you, like, you're by yourself unless you're playing multiplayer or somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the available player characters, Axton, the commando, is bisexual. Uh, canonically. Via, canonically, yes. Via a coding error that they kept. Um, so that's a little, like, meh. But they were, like, yeah, yeah, he's bisexual. Um, after the fact. Lots of queerness came, came from, from coding, coding errors. errors. Maybe. Games themselves are gay, and they are trying to rebel. I think I like we just that. both had that realization at the same time yeah. because I saw both of our eyes like go <laughs> like, wide, go the stare. Really big. Yeah, um, so the that's games are canon. gay. Um, that's that's my heart canon. That's true. It's just the canon canon. Um, but there's a lot of incidental queerness where like Sir Hammerlock, one of the um, I think I talked about him before, but one of the yeah. like dudes who can give you quests. Basically, there's no like fanfare about it. He's just like. My boyfriend had this thing that you have to go find. And uh, then you do. There's no, like, hullabaloo. Yeah. It's just, he's gay. Uh, and Moxie is bisexual, and that's not made a... Nobody, it's never made a thing of in the Borderlands universe when people are queer. And that's what I think is partially so powerful about that fantastic element, because if it's representative of the real world, in the real world, people just kind of are happen queer. to be Amazing. queer. Well, in Borderlands, is like, whether or not it's fantasy, it's hyper-campy. It's sure. so oh, over yeah, the top. Oh, yeah, it's very campy. Yeah, and very and funny. And related There's to fantasy, as we mission. proved. Yes. Um, and that, so I'm trying to think of a fantasy example. There's a little bit more about an inquisition of just incidental queerness where people talk about, how well, maybe not. Maybe it's only people you can flirt with. I don't... like Scout Harding and stuff in Inquisition. Yeah, yeah. But you were talking about, like, Fable. Yeah, I mean, in Fable, like, I, I mean, you can kind of get with anyone as long as their sexuality, like, matches up with yours. But is there incidental queerness even with people you can't, like, romance? I mean, you can pretty much romance everyone in the Incredible. game is the thing. Like, the the just regular old NPCs, you can just get with them. Like, every single person, pretty much, except for some main characters, are people that you can fuck. Incredible. So, yeah, I mean... It's just incredibly incidental that these people are queer, and, like, it does play into your experience, but 
you don't have to romance anyone or you can romance everyone that you can. Incredible. Which is most of the people in the game. So, yeah, Fable is is not the best game for sure, but I think the fact that they they had this, like, coding error or whatever that allowed, like, queerness in the game... Which again, I'm really starting to buy into your idea that the, uh, game, the game, the game, the games are queer. Um, game, wake up, America! Oh, I was waiting for that joke this whole time, but here we are. Yeah, I think that we we always get back on the topic of kind of incidental queerness, um, and I don't, and we obviously don't mean like queerness that just kind of happens by accident and we just let pass by. Right, but, like, queerness that is not made up, there's no stink made over it. It's just somebody's queer. Yeah, and even when there is a stink made out of it, I think that that's, like, uh, an important story to represent also. Because if it's uh, sort of a a funhouse mirror to the real world, I think that we need to be able to deal with those experiences Mm -hmm. of pain, too. But also the escapist element plays in. So it's just kind of, like, finding a balance between those two things. Absolutely. And I think this is a topic, this is a good sort of, like, there's a lot of, like, overview topics we did today about, like, queer representation in general, and we're going to obviously talk about this again because we will have more Dragon Age episodes. a gay podcast about video games. Um, But like this, this I mean, high fantasy is like my, one of my favorite genres of thing in general. It's certainly one of my favorite Mm -hmm. genres of game. And that's one uh, thing about Legend of Zelda is there is, there's like queering you can do of it. Um, But uh, it's not, there's no real canonical, like, canonically queer characters in the Zelda universe, mm-hmm. but there's also not, like... Like, Link doesn't have a romance option. It's sort of, like, implied in a lot of the games that he romances Zelda, but it's usually not made explicit. Um, and that's certainly not a, a, a focus of the games at all. Like, that's not, again, an element of your character. Like, as Link, as you're always playing as Link, um, you're killing bad guys, basically. Um, you're like, you are the light that's fighting the darkness, and that's the whole narrative. It's, like, very classic uh, hero's journey, but it's also not, like, you don't get the girl at the end for the most part. You, like, rescue Zelda, but there's not, like, a romantic element. Um, so that's a that's a, a glaring flaw, of course, of Zelda, and I'm, I'm, you know, I wouldn't defend that, but also it's just, it's very fun. That's the thing about Zelda, too, notwithstanding... Twilight Princess and Majora's Mask, it's a very, like, a bright and colorful world. Um, and it's this very, like, big, especially, obviously, in Breath of the Wild, which is literally an open world game, like, it's this very big, bright, open, beautiful world where you can go anywhere and do anything. And that's so freeing. And so escapist and just so fun to be able to hold up this mirror. Like, I can see that mountain over there, and I can fly over there, and I can go climb it. Like, just to be beyond those limitations in a game. Um, and again, in this very like open world games like Skyrim, which I do not like. I do, part of the reason I don't like Skyrim is it's so like dark and lonely. And in Breath of the Wild, I never feel, partially because I have my horse, but I never really feel lonely. Like, because it's so like bright and open, if that makes sense. Um, and I have my idiot son, like, who I care about very deeply. And you have your roommate watching you the whole time you fucking play it. And why asking me a million questions because they have never played a Zelda game. I have never played a I have played a Zelda game, but I've never completed Yeah, you a played Zelda some game. of Twilight Princess. I played some of Wind Waker. I played some of others. I don't know. Yeah. Wind Waker is 
the shit. But anyway, this I think is probably a good spot for us to start wrapping up because high fantasy is basically probably something that we'll be talking about a lot mm-hmm. because a lot of games that we play are um, high fantasy. Yeah, and I'm going to be playing Breath of the Wild I uh, would, for the next years. Years. Um, I would really love next week if we could make that our Harry Potter week where we talk about the very bad Harry Potter video games. Oh, yeah. And Queerness and Harry I, Potter. I think you mean the excellent Harry I'm Potter sorry, and the Foster yeah. Stone game I, for I, PC. You're correct. I do mean the excellent one. I might try to find some time to replay it. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. Um, um yep. Yeah. Uh, thanks for yeah. listening to our kind of uh, wide, wide topic this week. As I hope wide it was equally as, a as fantasy world. Beautiful. I hope it was equally as interesting as our more specific yeah. topics. Let's, um, let's. That's certainly a good way to garner interest is by qualifying ourselves. <laughs> Um, I didn't think I was qualifying it. I think I'm asking the audience what kind of style of show they like. That's true. Um, yeah, we have social media. We do. At Gay Gamers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, tweet at us. Facebook at us. Email uh, us. We have an email. If it's gay, we play at gmail.com. Um, if you have suggestions for what we should talk about, that friend on Twitter did tweet all those games at us that we yes. need to check out, but I'm playing Breath of the Wild. Um, I will get some time to play Gender Wrecked here soon. Please I, do. It was a real stressful week, so. Yeah. Um, every week is stressful. I know. Life is so stressful. I know. Um, but I will play Gender Wrecked soon, um, and that's something to talk about with, like, the abject and the other and just the literal yeah. monsterization of the queer, but, like, in a positive sense, because um, monsters are tight. Monsters. Um, and, uh, yeah, and um, words. Um, yeah, so we welcome your engagement. We have 69 likes on our Facebook page. 69. Nice. So, so nice. nice. Very nice. Um, I think when we get, if we get 100 likes, I will post that picture of the time that I was Anakin Skywalker for Halloween when I was like I nine. want that. So um, it's a very good image. Please like yeah. our page. If we get 100 likes, we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll both post a picture of us when we were in middle school. Are you not already at that? Oh, she's holding me to this, too. 69 new likes this week. No, 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 no. It was 69 69 likes total, total. plus two likes this week is what it said. Oh, sick. Okay. Okay. Well, we're at 69. That's a huge thing. That is a huge thing. That's a milestone. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We did it. Um, So we're going to go now. Keep playing. We love you. Oh, yeah, we love you. We do say that now. Um, Uh, Keep playing gay. Keep being games. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) 